Ah, they don't make them like they used to. That's the expression, isn't it? We hear it all the time when we're disappointed, when we're frustrated that something has given up the ghosts, something has let us down and broken before we expected it to. Because life is full of cheap things that do not last. Take a look around, wherever you are now, there are things which I am certain will end up disappointing you. Electronics is one over the last couple of decades that have really gotten a bad rep for this. We say in some circumstances that there are companies, disreputable companies, who intentionally make devices which break more quickly than we would like so that we have to go out and buy another one. You know, you've heard it said about boilers. Boilers used to last forever. Now they only last three or four years. Washing machines used to last forever. Now they only wash two cycles before they break. That's what life is like, isn't it? It's full of cheap things which break too easily. Things like clothes. Clothes that we have that are made from cheap materials sold to us cheaply so that we can go out and buy them and wear them and within a week or two discard them. Parents, grandparents, can you relate to this? Being off on a trip somewhere and being nagged and nagged and nagged to breaking point to buy a toy, a gift, a souvenir from the shop and it's broken before you've even managed to make the trip home. They don't make them like they used to. Life is full of cheap things that do not last but it's not just things that don't last, is it? It's relationships too. Should put a morbidity alert up here. But let's be honest, every single relationship that we cherish will one day come to an end. And it'll come to an end for any number of reasons, distance, shifting emotions, wrongdoings, or just the cruel reality of death. But no relationship that we have lasts forever. Okay, let's make it a little bit less serious then. Let's talk about the weather. The weather never lasts. That can be good news, that can be bad news. I seem to have this chronic problem where whatever weather I'm experiencing when I wake up in the morning is the weather that I imagine, that I believe has always existed and always will exist. So if it's a nice sunny day, well then, what a world we live in. But if it's damp and if it's cold, I can never really envisage things changing, and yet, it does, doesn't it? In the midst of all of the heat that we had back in May and June, and putting off jobs outdoors because there'll always be more sunshine, there'll always be more opportunity, the weather came to an end. And likewise, the rain that we're experiencing now, the, the, the drab, the dreary, the grey days, they will pass. At some point, we will see the sun again or worse, maybe the snow again. But the weather, just like relationships, just like our possessions, do not last. And although sometimes with the weather we consider that to be a good thing, generally in life, the short shelf life, the short life expectancy of all these things we care about and value is a source of sadness and frustration something that we thought would be there, someone that we thought would be there, someone who we thought would remain the same, changing, shifting, disappearing, going, breaking, falling apart, withering like the grass, 
It can be a real source of frustration and sadness in our lives. Which is why the God we meet in the Bible is really good news. We've considered lots of things about God so far this summer, but listen to these words in Psalm 90. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. See, there's another truth about God, which goes on top of his knowledge, which goes on top of his um, faithfulness, which goes on top of his power and control. The truth is that God always is. God is not a God that does not last. God is a God who endures. Now, that could be good news or bad news, depending on the God that you're speaking about. If God were an ogre, if God were a tyrant, if God were the sort of God who came in and at the flip of a switch in rage um, hurt and harmed and destroyed us, then him always being that sort of God would be a bad thing, clearly. But as we've already seen this summer, there are certain things about God that are true and always have been and always will be. There are certain aspects of his character and his nature which it is glorious that it is a God who endures. In a couple of weeks through the autumn, we're going to be looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And as we think about them individually, it will be tremendous news to us that this God remains this God. Because again, it would be bad news if God was only wonderful for a moment. If God was the greatest God we could conceive of and imagine, but no sooner had we imagined him than he had shifted and changed and gone away. No, the good news is the God that we encounter in the Bible is good and always is. He knows. That was the first thing that we looked back, way back at the start of August. God knows. And that knowledge isn't only for a moment. That knowledge persists. There is nothing that will come to be that he won't see, that he won't know. God is true. He is right. He is faithful. And not only in one aspect, in one area at one time. Enduringly so. God will always be a true God. When the sands of our lives are shifting, he is that firm foundation. He's in control. Always. God is always in control. Not just of one particular situation, but any that we might find ourselves in. His will, his power, his purposes aren't shifting and changing like ours. God always is. We've said that part of the good news about all of those things is, is that he is a loving God. That he is a caring God. That he is an active God. That he is an involved God. That he is a gracious God who gives more than we deserve. That he is a merciful God. That he withholds things that we deserve. That he is a just God and a right God and a holy God. And all of these wonderful things. That God always is. 
He's the God who elsewhere is described at making all heaven and earth rejoice. And he shall not be shifted. He shall not be taken away. He always has been and he always will be. I want to really make sure that we get this. How good it is that God always is. That he doesn't change. That he doesn't disappear. Think of the words that Jesus speaks in Revelation. I I'm the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and it is to come, the Almighty. See, the one who spoke those words is the God who is and was and will be. The God who has loved us to the extent of laying down his life for us. Who emptied himself so that we could be filled up. He always is. This is tremendous news for anyone who has tuned in this morning, whether you are someone who has trusted in Jesus already or someone who is dipping your toes in the water, because it means this to us. It means that Jesus will never change his mind about you. The offer that he gives, that he extends to find life, to find rest, to find hope, to find joy, to find peace, to find relationship, to find um, contentment, to find fulfillment. All of those things that Jesus says that he is bringing to us, he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to withdraw that offer. He's not going to get to know you a little bit better and say, ah, do you know what? This was a mistake from the beginning. It's best we go our separate ways. No, remember, God knows. He knows you deep down. God is true. He has said that he has come to love, to sacrifice, to save. God is in control. He has done the things that are necessary if by faith we would come and trust to him. The offer will not be withdrawn. Jesus will not change his mind about what he is offering or about the one that he is offering it to. I am the Alpha and the Omega, who was and who is and who is to come. So don't think that Jesus will change his mind about you. If you're a believer, then know that no matter what you reveal about yourself, Whatever it is that you chose those couple of weeks ago to begin to confess, to be open and honest with God, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, your sins, your struggles, your sufferings, don't think that any of those things are going to put him off. He's not going to withdraw anything from you. And perhaps you watching this morning who are just dipping your toe in, wondering whether Jesus is the sort of God that you ought to dabble with, Afraid, perhaps, to fully open up? The offer is there. The offer is there to find life in Jesus, to find forgiveness in Jesus, to come and to be made all new again. Don't think he's going to change that offer for you compared to me or others. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, 
and who is to come, the Almighty. From before the mountains were born, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And as well this morning is good news because it means that those things that we constantly need to come back for time and time again, grace and mercy, they are things which do not run out. They are parts of who he is and so they are not exhausted. Sometimes we can think of the forgiveness of God, the welcome of God, the acceptance of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God as things which are there and they're freely available on our first visit. But if you need to come back again, then boy, oh boy, what's going on? Maybe God's got to start asking questions, reassessing the situation. No, the author to the Hebrews tells us that God in Jesus knows exactly what we're like. He knows exactly what we need. And that means we can come with confidence to the throne of grace to receive mercy in all of our times of need and trouble. Don't think that what God has on offer for us is only for one time. No, God is offering us life and rest and peace and hope, joy and forgiveness, grace and mercy in abundance always. God always is. So what? So what should that mean for us? How should that mean that our lives should be different? Well, I think a terribly important thing for us to live fully, to live wisely in the light and the knowledge of who God is, is to understand and acknowledge certain things about him, but about life in general. And I think one of the things that we have to acknowledge is that today, tomorrow, this week, we will all lose something that we cherish. Something that we care about. Something that we love about. Love. And not in a silly way. Something we truly love and care about in a good way. We will lose. Because only God will last. Only God can say, I am he who is, who was, and is to come. Everything else will fade and pass away. And if we want to live confidently in that, then we also need to come to terms with the fact that we will lose things that we will cherish. We will come to terms with it, We'll need to acknowledge it with a degree of sadness. But I think if we do, it will help us to hold on more tightly to that thing which can never be taken away, to God himself. We need to kind of sort those things out in our minds, that, that good things will go. But that God thing in our lives, Jesus Christ, can never be taken away. No matter what our circumstances, no matter what our situation, no matter what our sin or our shortcomings, Jesus is there for us. And I think when we sort those things out in our minds, it'll mean we'll be able to pray less. Do you remember at the start of the year we were thinking about praying less? Which isn't about praying less often, but coming and just having a far simpler agenda to our prayers. 
without thinking about having this long line of requests and demands and situations that we're going to bring to God, that we just come and we encounter him. And the rest falls out of it. God who always is. God who cannot be taken away. Coming to terms with, reconciling in our minds the sense that we will lose things that we cherish, but he will remain, will help us to pray less. And if you're struggling to understand what that means, well then, let's pray less together right now. Lord God, you are the God who does not run out. Our clothes will stretch and rip and tear and fade. Our batteries in our devices will wear out and forget how to hold their charge. Our boilers will need servicing and replacing. Our relationships will come to an end. People we love will be lost, but you endure. You remain. Your love goes on. Your mercy never runs out. Your grace is a, an ocean too deep for us to ever get to the bottom of. You see us. You see us in all that our frightening fullness. You see us and you move towards us. Christ, who has stepped down from glory into our muck, into our mire, is the same God who we can approach and does not recoil, but invites us to keep on coming. Lord, we acknowledge that there are things that we love that will be lost and we know that it will hurt. Our prayer is that in the midst of that, we would turn to and cling to you who can never be taken away. Lord, we know that life will get difficult, that there will be storms, that there will be seasons. Lord, we're asking for you through your spirit at work in us to strengthen us, to embolden us, to stand strong on Christ our rock, that immovable ground. And Lord, we lift up to you this morning those who are suffering loss. Genuine loss, perceived loss, the loss of something which was never good for them in the, in the first place. Lord, it doesn't matter. We lift up to you this morning those whose hearts are broken. Those people who are weeping and mourning for loss. You are a God of comfort. God of all comfort, it says in the scriptures. You have been, you are and you will be. And so we pray that you will be that God of comfort to folks, even today in the midst of their sorrow and mourning. Lord, we present ourselves to you, knowing full well that today, tomorrow, or the very near future, we will be those who mourn. We will be those who are disappointed to have lost. Lord, in preparation for that inevitable loss, we pray that you would help us to be a people who cherish you above all things.
to cherish the one who cannot be taken away. You are a God who always is. Help us to be a people who always come. A people who remain near. A people whose lives are filled up with you. And so when we experience loss, Lord, we are not empty. But we are still full in Christ. We ask in his glorious name. Amen.